You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Today we're going to close the second chapter of the Mishnah of Shabbat. And you remember we began it with the question, what can we light with? We began with lighting, what kind of thing can we use to light? And as we've gone through this chapter, we've looked at a set of halachot, which are almost all aimed at keeping us far away from breaking Shabbat. They were not dealing with specific prohibitions on Shabbat, of Shabbat, or direct prohibition, if you like, direct creativity on Shabbat, but with actions like, for example, suspending a vessel of oil above a lamp that might perhaps lead us to breaking Shabbat if, for example, we took oil out of that vessel. So we've gone on this circle and now we're going to end with questions as to how we prepare ourselves as we begin Shabbat and we are, you'll notice that we're going to end just as we started with the light, we're going to end with the light. The Mishnah begin, This chapter of the Mishnah begins and ends at the same point. And the Mishnah is going to conclude. As night falls, there are three things that a person should say in his house. The three questions are: Isar ten. Have you taken? Have you taken maaser? Um, have you separated tithes? And we've learned that the um, we, we can't eat food on Shabbat. We learned this in the in the in the Masechet of Trumot. We can't eat food on Shabbat if if Maser hasn't been separated. Eruvten, have you prepared the eruv? And in those days, preparing and particularly eruv chatzerot, an eruv that would allow houses giving onto a common courtyard to carry into the courtyard and among each other, it was incredibly important. You couldn't manage Shabbat if you couldn't manage to walk out with something into the courtyard. Eruvten. And then the final question, hadliku etaner, light the light. That's the final command of the Mishnah at the end of the second chapter. And then the Mishnah goes on, if you don't know whether it's dark or not, if something really needs to be tithed, you can't tithe it. In terms of Real activity on Shabbat was strict. If we don't know whether it's Shabbat or not, we're, we're strict. Ein ma'astrimet avadai. Ve'ein ma'atbilim etakelem. You can't, for example, tovel kelim. Ve'ein ma'adlikinet anerot. You can't light lights. That's why we're careful to light lights 18 minutes before Shabbat. So we don't want to get into the situation of getting too close to Shabbat and not knowing whether it's Shabbat or not being able to light those lights. It's, a, it's an obligation, as the Barton Ruh has said. But if we buy produce from an Amaharetz, we don't know whether he's taken tithes or not. So we take tithes, if you like, out of an abundance of caution. And but you know, generally we might hope or expect that generally an Amharetz might have taken tithes. So we're taking tithes out of an abundance of caution, but not out of pure halacha. So we can do this as not, you know, in the in, in this in between time as night falls, we can do that. Nasrinata damai, we can tithe damai, doubtfully tithe produce. 
Uma Arvin, making an error of his rabbinic issue anyway, and we can cover up hot food to keep it hot. And this last point, hot, covering hot food to make it hot, is essentially the introduction to the next chapter, chapter three, which is all about keeping food hot. In fact, chapter three we'll find is about putting food on a stove and chapter four is about covering it up, real hatmana, hatmana means covering up, real hatmana, covering up to keep it warm. So this final comment, covering the chamin, covering hot food or this might be hot water actually at the beginning of the next Mishnah, is the subject of the next chapter. And in order to attack it, we need some information. I brought you here a picture of a stove called a kira. This in fact is a picture of two stoves, kira, that's why it's headed kirot. Uh, kirot, these were found on Masada, they're photographed actually in Steinsaltz's um, Talmud, and I I brought you the photograph from Steinsatz, and you can see they're a bit like a box with two holes in the top. And you'd put two pots in the two holes. If you've only got one space for one pot, that is called a kupach. And there's a drawing of it also in Steinsatz's Talmud, which is a bit gives you a bit of a sense actually as to what it is. So you make the fire in the bottom of this thing, and then you put your you put your pot on the top of it. And if there are two, if it's a double stove, um, the Mishnah actually calls it a kirayim, double stove. If it's, if it's a double stove, it's called a kira. And the Mishnah is going to analyze the halacha with regard to the, the kira. And the Mishnah is going to say, kira shehisigu habakash uvi ubi gvava. You've got one of these double stoves. It's a two-pot stove, but it's one of these boxes. Yeah, you can you can see by the way the ones on Masada. They had two holes in them. That's why Steinsaltz brings the picture. You've got two stoves here. Each one's got two holes. So you've got a kira. You've got a double stove. It's heated with stubble or straw, and we can actually put a cooked dish on it. And the Bartanur is going to explain and. The Rambam, he's based on the Gemara, and the Rambam says exactly the same. I just brought you the Bartanura to say we are, um, uh, the Bartanura is, uh, he's further down the source sheet. We'll, we'll, we'll come to him in a sec. The, the Bartanura is going to say, you know, we're putting the food, we're putting the food on before Shabbat comes in. This is a bit like putting food on top of a blech in modern terminology. So we're going to cook the food. And we're going to put the food on top of it. And the Mishnah says, if it's heated with straw or stubble, there's no problem. Not nim, I love tough shir. You can put food on it. But, but gefet uva etzim. Gefet is translated as peat, but it's actually residue that you have left over from crushing um, uh, olives or sesames or other kinds of seeds for oil. You crush the seeds for oil and you've got stuff left over. And you could feed your fire with it. So if we are feeding, and, and the Mishnah always translates this stuff as peat. I don't know why. We're feeding with peat or with wood. And we, we can't do it. We can't put 
We can put food on the double stove that's heated with stubble or straw. But we don't, stubble or straw is not really fuel. It's stuff that is left over and it just, it burns up. But if we're talking about real fuel, wood or leftovers of crushed seeds, we don't put it on top unless we rake it out or cover it with ashes. And you'll recognize here, modern halachot related to a blech, we cover the fire before we put food on it. Just as we would cover the fire if it was made of wood or of, of stuff. And Beit Shammai is going to say you can do this with water but not food. And Beit Hillel, you can, we follow Beit Hillel, applies this both to water and to food. And again, Beit Shammai says, once we put the stuff on, we can remove it, but we cannot put it back. And Beit Hillel, again, we can recognize this halakha in today's practice. Beit Hillel says one can even put it back. Now, you know, we don't put it back unconditionally. We, you know, we would take it off and maybe hold on to it with one hand um, and then put it back. So we, we take it off temporarily and put it back. But in principle, we follow Beit Hillel. We take it off. And if we need to, we can put it back, providing it hasn't kind of been somewhere else to cool down in the meantime. So these are, that's the halacha for this, this, um, this kira, this stove with a flat top. What about a real oven? And we talked about these ovens in the last peric. This is an image of an oven actually in the time of the Mishnah, which I found by the Chabad website. But it's, it's very similar to the description that we discussed when we were talking about taking the Pesach offering and lowering it down through the hole in the top by a chain. And you can see that there's a fire at the bottom, which is fed. This is a real oven, right? There's a fire at the bottom that's fed and there's a hole at the top. And we're going to think about putting food either on top of the hole on the top or next to the oven at the side so that it can be heated up by the sides. And the Mishnah is going to try to, to compare that with a kupach, which is the um, a half version of the double stove we talked about earlier. And the Mishnah is going to say, we, we learned earlier, we learned earlier, the, the, the first Mishnah said, Kira shehisiku habakash, double stove heated with stubble or straw. And now we, in a mirror image, we're going to say tanur shehisiku habakash, an oven heated with stubble straw. But here the halacha is different. We're not going to place anything inside it or on top. And furthermore, the Mishnah says, look, a kupah and a kupah, a kupah shehisiku habakash rubagavva. If, if a kupa, a single stove, is heated with stubble or straw, it's a bit like a um, it, it's a bit like a double stove with peat or wood. Sorry, a kupach, which is heated with straw or stubble, is like is like a kiraim, is like a stove. So th this kupach, heated with stubble and straw, just looks like the double kupach we looked at earlier, but if it's heated with proper fuel, with wood or with residue from um, nuts which have been grinded out, we're going to treat it like a tanur. So if you like, this, um, this kupach, this single stone, seems to be a bit of a halfway case between the, the oven, the real oven, where there's clearly an, an anxiety 
that if we put food next to it, we're going to be tempted to rake out or to stoke up or to disturb the coals in order to make more heat. And the, the kiraim or the kira, where you can see the fire is tucked away right deep inside, below the pots. So just like our covered blech, where there's no possibility at all of being tempted to stoke it up or to deal with it, in, to, to break Shabbat in some other way. So we got these three cases, the double stove, the real, real oven, blast oven, and the kupach. And those are essentially the cases which the Mishnah deals with at the beginning of this chapter. We'll learn more cases tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. <laughs>